Lord, I don't want to preach tonight, God. I want you to speak, God. I want it to be all you, God. I don't want it to be nothing of me, God. And I want to go back, Lord, to the times, Lord, when we, I was just obedient to you and I had the joy of just having you. Not the joy of just preaching and then being satisfied by everybody's comments, Lord, but the joy of preaching and knowing that I'm obeying you and knowing that I'm going to get my reward and my reward is you and your presence. My reward is more a revelation of you, of knowing you, not revelation so I can just speak it out and sell it, Lord, but revelation, Lord, so I can see you more, so I can know where you are more, so that I don't lose you, God. She got on my side that I'm not. I don't want to say one word, Lord, that's out of my spirit, God. I want to say it from yours, God. I want you to completely take over me, God. Teach me how to submit, God. Teach me how to submit, Lord. Teach us in here, Lord, how to submit, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you're restoring us back to the obedience, God. That you're restoring us back to the simplicity, God, of following you, God. Dropping everything and following you, God. Thank you, Lord, that we may have lost our way, God, but you're restoring it, God. You're bringing us back, God, and you're creating a longing, God. You're creating, you're giving us a gift, God, a longing, a longing in our hearts to get back to that place, to go even deeper in that place that we missed. And I thank you, Father, that not one person miss it, God. Not one person in this, in this, uh, this place, God, this church, God, this group, God, this people group, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that not one person miss it, God. Not one person miss the Holy Spirit, God. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, draw all men, all women, all children onto you, God. Let not one be left behind, not only for salvation, but for what you're doing in this hour. And Marlene, if you want, you can cut this out, but this little part. But I just, I heard somebody say, when I played that last song, I heard somebody say, isn't this song played out? Well, I love you, and this is why I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me because to tell you this because of love. But maybe you're played out. Sometimes the things we feel are not always what are not always from God. Sometimes when we when our sometimes our brothers and sisters are in another place, and sometimes we're in, an, in, a, in, a, in, a, in the opposite place. But sometimes we're not always in the right place. Go to Revelation three, and I'm really I'm not I'm really I'm really being careful here. I don't want to I don't want to I I, I really have God is really bringing me back to the place where. I don't want to even go one direction, while, even while I'm preaching, that he's not going. I don't even want to come. I don't even want to come one ounce out of the bubble. So whatever, wherever God takes me tonight, I don't know. I don't completely know where he's taking me and taking us. Because honestly, I don't want to preach anymore to you. I want I, and I want to. If the Holy Spirit decides to use me, and and I, I will obey. But I'm not going to obey because I want to preach. I'm going to obey because I want to hear him. And if he has to use me to do it, then so be it. But I'm done. I don't want to. If I, ne- You know what? After this day today, if I never preach again, but as long as I get him, that I'm satisfied. If I never speak again, if I never prophesy again, I will be satisfied as long as I have him. But if he's telling me to do something, I, 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 and, I, and, I, and I speak this, and I believe I'm speaking this because we all have to, I feel like not, not all of us are at that place, going back to have gone back to that place. And some of us are new, but we need to go back to that place where we, we're just doing things because we want him. There's no other strings attached. Um, today, this message is called, and I don't know if God is going to, honestly, I'm asking right now the Holy Spirit to help me because I don't know, honestly... I'm going to give you this message title, but I don't even know if I'm, that's what I'm going to be, where I'm going to be going. But to be honest with you, I'm just as, I'm just as uh, curious as you. I'm here to follow the Holy Spirit, but all I know is that the Holy Spirit told me to come up here today. And maybe he's leaving me in this realm of uncertainty so that you can see that this is how it's supposed to be in, every, in our da- daily life. Not knowing, not planning our, not planning our way, but, let it, but waiting for the Holy Spirit to drop the plans on our front table. Waiting that that it says, blessed are those that wait upon the Lord. Blessed are those that will sit at the altar. You know, you know what God told me in worship too. He told me this. He said, he said, in the kingdom, pressing in is actually pressing out. The pressing in sometimes that we think we're doing is not pressing into the kingdom. And sometimes we're just driving ourselves more in the flesh when we press in some one as we think. 
But the pressing in that God wants us to do, that He showed me, that He's 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 brought me better to get to this place again. I've been at this place again, but He's had to bring me He had to put me through all this stuff that didn't work for me to, to show me that the first the the first way you did it when you got saved is the way you're, I've always wanted you to do it, and I never wanted you to change. You changed that I did it. But coming here to the altar, even just in my daily life, coming to this place where. I'm, I, you know what, Lord? I'm a living... I, I, you said, if I'm here to follow you, I'm a living sacrifice. So whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to say, that's it. I'm only going by that. I'm not going to say anything that... I'm not, even when I'm, I'm uncertain, I'm going to wait for you to give me the boldness to speak. Even when I don't know, I'm, I'm going to wait for your spirit to come and carry me. I'm going to wait, wait upon the wind. You know, we, ha- we hear about the fire, we hear about the oil, we hear about all that. But we can't forget... The, holy, the wind, the element of the wind that it talks about in the Bible, that's the Holy Spirit picking us up and driving us to do the will of the Father. We cannot do the will of the Father without Him. That's why we hear that song, Lord, I'll, 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 uh, how does it go? I'll say yes, but give me your grace. You see, in religion they say yes, but they don't wait upon the Holy Spirit. In the other way, they just do nothing. And they, don't, they just think they can do it. You know, the false grace churches, they just do whatever they want and they think whatever they do is the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, Yes, we have a free will, but if we really want God to move in our, in our in the church today, and this is I'm speaking all this I'm speaking to is not just to this place that is in this video right here. This is to the whole church, everybody that's listening. So, if you really want the power of God to be to be like let loose in your church today, if you want it to be unhinged, the Holy Spirit, you have to give up. You you can have your free will, but if you want God to move, you need to give up your free will. And that's your acceptable sacrifice to God. And wait upon His will. There's a will of God that we sometimes miss. He's, Paul says to know the will of God. So there's a will. But how can we know it when we're coming up our own will and expecting God to move on it? And sometimes God, by His grace, He'll pick us up and He'll move. But I, I want to be, you know, people say His good, His, his, his okay, His acceptable will. But it's all, it's all, there's only one, there's no good will and then perfect will. No, it's only a perfect will. And you know what? Sometimes if, you, if we're not going by His perfect will, if we're not going by that, that means we're operating out of our own self. If we're not going by the perfect will of God, and, this is, and you have free will, and this is not... And obeying God... See, we don't obey God. We, we, we came to salvation because of the love shed abroad by Jesus Christ. But we don't just obey God to be saved. You know, the religion obeys, tries to obey God just so they, can, they don't go to hell. Okay, and even though that's true to a sense, because if you don't obey God, then guess what? You start getting dry and you start losing his presence and then you start falling away because, and you stop believing because it doesn't become real to you. So there is a truth to that. But you don't, you in the kingdom of God, you are, you've entered through Jesus Christ, but now you obey God so that you can have him, so that you can have more of him, so that you can get to know him. This is why you obey God. But if you don't have this thing in your mind when, you're, when God is telling you to do something, you're always going to be like, well, God, I don't want to do it. Well, God, I don't want to do it. I'm lazy. I'm blah, blah, blah. But when you know the, the reward that there is from obeying God, then, you, then that's when you, you jump to and His Spirit follows. There's only one way, and it's a narrow way. That's why it says it's a narrow way, because it's not a free will thing. It's, 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 it's just sticking to what He's saying and what He's having you do in your spirit. He's given us a new spirit so that, we can, that, that is one with God's spirit so that we can know the will of God. Inside of here, outside of all the gunk that goes on in our mind that tends to drive us, inside of my spirit, inside of your spirit, you know the will of God. The Holy Spirit is, 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 driving, is trying to drive your spirit every moment of the day. So are we going to go by, our, by the spirit that lives inside of us or are we going to go by what we think is right or what we traditionally do? You see, when, even when I come here, you see, we want the Holy Spirit, we want the gifts, we want the calls, we want everything, we want everything to move like we want it to move, we want everybody's gift to be in operation, we want everybody's call to be in operation, but we can't do that by coming in here and trying to act the part, trying to do the part, trying to, and you know what, yeah, you can probably operate in your gift without the Holy Spirit, but why would you want to do it without the Holy Spirit? And the sad thing is, like Shane Priest in India... He said that you can operate in a gift because the gift is irrevocable. It's given to you, but it's a scary thought to do that without the Holy Spirit. And, I'm not, and I, don't want to, I don't want to be there. I don't want to lose. I, I want more intimacy with Him. And this is what God's saying when He's saying, go back to your first love. Go back to the, the purpose of why you did everything. 
The, what is the purpose why we did everything? It's, it's so we can have him. Not so we can have cars. My God, we need to have the attitude that it, I don't care if I don't get blessed. I don't care if this happens, if that happens. I don't really care. That'd be great if it happens. But as long as I have him, I, that's, all I'm, that's all I need. I'm satisfied. That's going back to our first works. That's going back to our first love. It's where we're doing works. We're not doing works to be saved. We're not doing works for our own spirit. We're not doing works just because we want to, because of all these altar or, or other agendas. We're doing all the works because we want to be, get more close to Him. This, what, what I, what I, I don't know if I told you the me- name of the message, but it's called Destitution, Restitution. Destitution, Restitution. And for those of you that don't know, it was just 844, just ticked 845, amen. For those of you that don't know what that means, what those words mean, I'm going to tell you right now. Holy Spirit. Destitution means poverty so extreme that one lacks the means to provide for oneself. Poverty so extreme that one lacks the means to provide for oneself. So destitution is that place where, Lord, I don't have it. Lord, I don't feel it. Lord, I, and, you, and, and, and that, that place of where you just, where you, because here's the thing. Many people, okay, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to show you right here in the Bible. I'm, not, I'm just going to let the word speak for itself. Destitution. And this is Revelation 3. Let's start at 13. 3.13. He that hath ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, and unto the angel of the church of Laodicea. And it's right. These things saith the Amen, the faithful, and the true witness, the beginning of all creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that work cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of, the, out of my mouth. And he, by the way, he's, and if none of, some don't know, he's talking to a church. He's talking to born-again believers. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, blind, and naked, and destitute, that's what, that, that's what that looks like. I counsel thee to buy gold tried to me, tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. That's a strong chapter right there. Strong. And we, sometimes we forget that that's to born-again believers. This is to people that have the Holy Spirit. Isn't it very sad that, and me and Ron were talking about this the other day, how you can have the Holy Spirit and be dry, and you can, and you can have a lack. You see, yeah, in the spiritual realm, in Christ, we have all things. But in our spirit, we're still receiving from Christ, even though we are joined with Him. I'm joined with my wife. She, just because she's joined with me, yes, she has everything that I have in the sense that she's married to me, but she doesn't know or have experienced everything that I know or, or have. You understand what I'm saying? So things that I know from, just, just think, of it, think of the carnal perspective so you can understand. Things that I know from school or whatever the case may be. Just because she's married to me does not mean she knows all those things yet. But as she comes closer and closer in intimacy with me, the more she knows and the more she sees and the more she finds out about me and the more she, and guess what? And then your intimacy is growing. Then our intimacy grows. And, and, and if just a side note, if you want your marriage to grow, that you, the, the, the each, each well, first of all, it involves God, but each person has to let out everything that's inside of them. Or else it's just, or else you're just living a stick figure life with each other. You're just playing the parts. So you can be destitute. That's what destitute looks. Poor, blind, naked. Okay, let's come up. Without the presence of God, without revelation, without the anointing, without intimacy, and I want to tell you, we can have levels of these things. But we can still be destitute in the sense that we're, we're, there's so much more and we're only staying at this plateau here. There's so much more of His presence and anointing, His revelation, and more of Him that we're just staying stagnant. Yes, we came to a level, but we're just staying stagnant. And you know what happens when you're stagnant? Over time, if you don't, if you don't keep going up, you start decreasing. A man that works... 
over time, if he's not get, if his potential is not getting higher and going and reaching over that climax or whatever the case may be, he's going to start to decrease and then he's going to start to wear up. He's going to start doing things slower. He's going to start coming to that point where he's getting to retirement and he's done and he's that's when he, and he's finished. So yeah, you can you can be you can have some of those things. That doesn't mean you you have the fullness. And then you get and then you can get to a plateau right here. It's like you got all this. Then you get to a plateau right here, and then you start getting so used to that plateau right there that you become complacent. Yes, you have some things. Yes, you have his pre- some of his pre- whatever the case may be. But then it just becomes the same old thing. There's no newness. There's no glory to glory. It's just glory, and you stay at that level of glory. You will get tired of it. Yeah. You ever watch the same movie over and over and it's like so good for a while. It's like, yeah, I can watch this all day. Then you get to a point where it's like, okay, I think I'm done here. Let's click this off. And then you don't watch it for years or whatever. That's how, it can, that's how it can get. It can be so good, but there's so much more. And when we stay in this part and we don't keep going, we become, become destitute. We start going back into our old things. We start going back to old habits. We start going back to uh, old struggles. We maybe going. We start dipping in the sin that we used to struggle with. We start talking to people that we know we shouldn't be talking to. We start watching TV more. And I'm not saying TV is bad. I mean, you know, I just watched Star Wars not too long ago. <laughs> and I'm not. But I'm not saying it's bad. But maybe you do more of those things because you're not having the excitement that there is in he- in, in, in the heavens right now. Maybe we watch TV and maybe we start doing these things more and going to the movies and maybe even go bowling because we lack him. And we're looking for excitement in the world because we're looking for something else to please us. You see, because when God is not hitting that, that, that pleasure button, when he's not hitting that, that, that place of fulfilling us, we have, we, there's still that place of that emptiness that needs to be filled up. Yes, he, filled it, he touched it when he, we became born again. But that, that place that's inside of us that needs to be the, that void, it needs to be fulfilled every day. Or else I'm telling you, we will go back to other things. We will keep going around the mountain. Some of us in here may even struggle with sins. Some, some of us, in, like the same, I'm talking about not just sin, just talking about the same old thing over and over. Some of us may be struggling with talking to this person or holding on to our family or holding on to this thing or holding on to that TV show, whatever. And it's because we, we're lacking Him. And, and those things will just break if we keep, if we keep going after Him. If we, if we come here and we wait for the Holy Spirit and we have, well, we, see, we press in when we, when we have our, the cry of our heart for more. We don't press in by much words or much speaking or much whatever. We press in by our heart saying, we just want more Holy Spirit. But then in our flesh, we wait for him to, to we wait for the Holy Spirit to quicken our mortal body. Like it says in the scriptures. You don't feel God, we'll wait on him. You don't have a message, we'll wait on him. It says if, you, if, you, if you're called to minister, if you're called to do this, if you're called to do that, if you're called to be whatever, wait on your ministry. Wait on your calling. Wait on your gift. Wait on the presence. Wait on the anointing. Or else we start going off on our own and we're thinking. The worst part is, is, to, is to go off on our own and think that God is with us. I don't want to be in that place anymore. Because I was in that place for a season and, I, and you know what? It's terrible. And then, to, and then to get back for a moment in Him. You know, in India, I got crushed. I got obliterated by Him. Because I was like, Lord, I haven't, I haven't felt so close to You in such a long time. And I've been supposedly doing all this ministry and all this whatever. But now I, now I feel You there. Like I never have before. And that right there. It's like when I came home, some of the things that I, that I was doing consistently, I didn't want to do it anymore. You know when you first came to the faith and you didn't do anything really? You, like, you, almost was like, you were like almost like the holy of holy guy. And then what? You started backsliding, but, but, you, were, <laughs> but you were so like on top of on cloud nine, right? That's because he was with you. But he doesn't stay in the same place. He's saying, let's go deeper. I'm going to purge the floor. Are you going to give in? The message is destitution, destitution, restitution. Before we can, and what is Restitution. To be restored to something that is that you don't have or that you've you've had before. To go back to your first love. So I become des I realize my destitution. I realize he says right here in Revelation 3, he says, Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and, and have need of nothing, knowest nor thou that knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. So what is he, how, he's, how, how are we supposed to buy gold, try to find, how are we supposed to buy more of God? 
He says, realize you are poor, blind, and naked. Realize your lack. Don't, don't have lack in your life. Don't have doubt or fear in your life and think that you're there. And think that, see, the moment that you, that you, you think in your mind, oh, I have it all, I'm good, I'm, or the moment that you think you revived, you fall down. The moment that you think you've got so much of God, you fall down. But when you stay poor, what does it say? You get, what does that scripture say? Does it say that you, 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 the, the poor in spirit will what? Inherit the kingdom of God. But a poor in spirit is not a one-time thing. If you want to go, you know what? It says that the, the least of you will be the best or whatever. It says something, something like that. The, the, the poorer of you will be the richer of you. The more poor you are in spirit, the more you will gain of the kingdom of God. The more you say, but you keep going. Yeah, you love it. It's great. It's awesome. It's, you have your moments. But you say, but God, this is not enough. You say, let's keep getting more. I want more of you. I'm longing for you. But the moment you get complacent, I just want to stay right here. Then you start staying right here and it's great. And then you go on a couple seasons. But then you start getting tired of it because you know. It's just, yeah, you just have, you've, you've had the fragrance for that moment. But you need to keep getting closer. And when you keep getting closer, see, we need to, we need to, we need to see with our spiritual vision. We want to press in more. We want to have that thing in us where we're burning for God. Who wants? Who in here wants to burn for God? Seriously, who really wants to burn for God? Who really wants to want wants to be that that man or woman that that will will have a relentless pursuit after God? You know what? You know what? What what it, what it takes to have to have to be a burning man or woman of God? It takes to see that gap, to see that gap between where you are. And where God says you're, that I want you to be. Where you are and where, where, what you have and what God says I want you to have. Where you are and, and where He is. And the, more, and the more I keep seeing that, the more I burn for Him. Because I'm telling you, there's movements out there right now saying that, and, it, and there's truth to it, but the way they put it, the, the heart of the, what they're saying it's not of God. They're saying, oh, you have it all. You have everything. You don't need to keep, you don't need to keep pressing on God. You don't need to seek God. You stop seeking God. You, you have it already. You have the whole, they say, you have the whole heavens inside your belly. And there's truth to it, but it's not really true, though, to how they're saying it. And you know what happens when you, when you and, and I, I want to say, even though I, I, I love the identity stuff, whatever, that's, that stuff is great. But that those stuff start derailing off into a thing where you think you are rich, that where you think that you are increased with goods, you have need of nothing. No, and then God says, "No, it's that you're wretched, poor, blind, and naked." Where you think that yes, in my in the spirit I've arrived, and then you say, and you're saying I'm in the flesh I've arrived. But and then they and they put off the sanctification that there is in the spirit. But you know what? They, they scoff at the sanctification because they don't want to give up their worldly lust. They scoff at sanctification because they can't overcome. Because maybe they haven't actually gone to the Spirit about it. They tried to overcome it on their own. So they've come up with these doctrines. They twisted the Scripture so that they can feel justified just where they are. And they can feel good where they are. Knowing that those feelings that... God seeing that those feelings that they're feeling are not even of Him anyway. And they feel good. They feel a joy. They feel a, a good. But they feel a joy because they, they don't, they, there's no like consequences. And they feel like, oh, I can do whatever I want. Of course. If, if, God, if God said right now, you can do whatever you want and there's no cost to it. I bet you some, some of us would feel joy about it. You can do whatever you want. And I'll, come, and I'll be with you. When you're doing that disgusting thing, I'll be with you. It's okay. I'll even give you more of my kingdom. In, in Romans 3, 7, I, was just, and God, I don't know why God had took me there. Romans 3, 7. God forbid. Okay, hold on. 7. For if the truth of God hath more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why am I yet also just as a sinner? And not rather as we... Okay, hold on. Okay, so here. Let us do evil that good may come, whose damnation is just. So it's like they, they, we, we, they, you can get to a point in that, in that place, that's that, that movement that's going, even the grace teachers... They think that it's like, it's like there's almost an unconscious thinking that the more evil you do, the more, it's like the more of him you get, the more, the more, they, they think of destitution in the way that you have to like, like you just keep giving into whatever and, and then the more, the more, bro- they think that's brokenness or whatever, or they think it's fine. But this, how, how can your unrighteousness buy the righteousness of God? How can your lie buy his truth? 
we're only, and then it goes on to say there, we are only justified by what he did on the cross. But that does not mean that all my ungodliness is okay to keep going on with. That does not mean my ungodliness. It says how, how uh, 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 it talks about those who use the grace of God as lasciviousness. There's, the grace is so that we can, so that, yeah, we, we, we're going after him and, we met, and then we get back into it. But, and then also the grace, what they're missing too, is the grace is the empowerment to do what he's telling us to do. The grace is the empowerment to fulfill the law through Christ. You see, Christ said he's the fulfillment of the law. So, he, so, so in his fulfilling of the law, he's gave us the power, because the law is a, is a spiritual thing and we're carnal. So by Jesus Christ's death, He's made us spiritual beings to, so that we can do what is spiritual. So that now we can, be, we can stop, not do the things that God is calling us to do through the flesh that's spiritual, but we can be spiritual and do the things that are, that are, that are, that are spiritual that we can only do in the spirit. And that's, where it's, that's when it says, and I just read this stuff, I just learned this stuff as I was in there. And I didn't learn this off of any preacher. I, I, God has shown me and I say, you know what I said to God? I say, God, you know what? I'm not going to act like I know what this is saying here. I'm not going to read the scripture and try to come up with it logically in my mind. I'm not going to read the scripture here and come up with it and come up with my own sequence and think that's right. When I don't know what it is, I'm going to say to you, I don't know, God. Show me. Simple. And then he shows you. We've, you see, in the church, we've missed it. Some of us have missed it. And we're coming up with, the, with concepts of the word and it's, and it's birthing religion, but we think it's God. But when we, but when there's that, but when we read, when we read something, or we look into something, or whatever, or we're trying to find out something from God, and there's that bit of doubt in in the back of us, or there's that bit of like, I'm not sure about this, that uncertainty. That's when you need to go to God and say, God, I'm re- I really don't understand. I have doubt. What about that guy? You see, we think it's like a crime to be to have doubt or fear. But I want to tell you, the doubt and fear is how you buy, how you how you how you go how you see. How Roman, and some of you weren't paying attention, but he was, I was in the room and he was like crying out to me. He was looking for me. And I come out here and I disappear. He go, he's like, he gets that fear and he goes to me. When, do we, when have we lost the simplicity of having fear and having doubt and just going to him and saying, God, you deal with this. Instead of trying to conquer it over and over, ah, rebuke fear, and that's fine. And sometimes the Holy Spirit leaves that. But when you're trying to push that stuff away on your own without the Holy Spirit, without God helping you, then you just, you consistently in this place, and then you get a little victory, then it comes back, you get a little victory, it comes back, you get a little victory. I'm telling you, your warfare is intimacy with God. Our warfare is going to the Father, is crying to the Father. His, he, 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 will, he will, every time Roman comes to me and he cries out, he will find me. If he's not crying out, then he, and he's fine, and, and he may have, let's say, just thinking of whatever, theoretical or whatever that word is. You know, he's sitting there and he's like thinking and he has that fear, but he's trying to say, oh, no, I don't, I'm not fearful. I'm not fearful. I'm not fearful. And he, instead of doing that, he actually goes to me and that fear leaves. And that's how it is with the father. We go to him. The doubt leaves. We go to him. The uncertainty is removed. We go to him. We obey him. And those things that we struggle with are removed. Our warfare, warfare is intimacy with the father. It's always been and always will. We cannot, and I'm not, I'm not bashing those war books. I'm not bashing our, our, our praying and our supplication and our warfare. That's fine. But when we do it without God, it's not fine. And sometimes we can be praying against the will of God. You know, we didn't think it was the will of God to go to India and experience what we experienced. But he brought us to a new level. We cannot think that this walk with God is just, okay, this is how it's supposed to go. No, we need, to, we need to go to the Holy Spirit and show us how it's supposed to go because we are carnal and you need to give us a spiritual mind about it. You need to show us. You need to give us the insight. You see, we don't, we don't get eyes to see. It says put eyes salve on your eyes. We, we have to, just because we put eyes salve on our eyes for one moment does not mean we will always see. We have to keep putting eyes salve on our eyes. We have to keep going to the Lord and saying, help me see. When I don't see... And I don't have discernment when I don't hear or I don't know. I go to him and say, help me know. Help me discern. Help me see. Help me hear. It's working with the Holy Spirit. It says that we are his workmanship. We work. How this ministry of Christ works is it's him and us. It's not him up there. Him. He's working with us. But if we're trying to go off and say, God's backing me. God's backing me. We're going to fall. 
All the time. But if we if we just keep working with him and say, Okay, God, how do I do it? Okay, I'll do it. Okay, what do I do? Okay, okay, okay. And that's working with him. And then we don't have to do... Sometimes we do extra things that we don't need to do. Now I want to warn you, because sometimes when you obey God, he'll tell you to do the craziest things. But you have a... You have a you, see, this is the temptation. This is the temptation. Is when God is telling you to do something, and you know it's God. I'm not talking about you think you hear a voice in your head and you follow. I'm talking about you know that you know. You're in your conscience. It bears witness with what God is saying. This is the temptation is to know that you're supposed to do something for God, but then worry about what everybody's going to think about it. Worry about what everybody's going to say about it. But you have to break through and say, I don't care. I'm obeying God because I want him. And if I don't, if I don't get him, I'm not, I'm not going back to that dry place. I'm not going to go back to that place where I always have to go to the vice of the world to get satisfaction. I want the satisfaction that comes from God. I want to have the fullness, the intimacy with Him. And this is how I do it, by obeying and doing what He says. He said, if you love me, think about this, and hopefully this, this will be clear to you tonight. If you love me, you will obey me. So we don't just obey him because, it did, did it say, obey me because you don't want to go to hell? Did it say, obey me because of this or because of that? If you want to see this, if you want to see that. No, it said simply, obey me because you love me. But if we don't have that love towards him, we'll never want to obey him. We'll never conform to him. Destitution, restitution. If you want to be restored in Christ, if you want to be restored in the fullness of God, if you want to come to that level that you're burning for, that you're yearning for, realize where you're not. Don't pretend to be to a certain level that you're not. Get bare in your heart. Strip your heart. Strip your heart and say, God, I don't know. God, I don't have it. God, I, I don't. I, I want things that you hate. And I, and, I, and, I, and I hate things that you love. Help me. Change me. Be honest. Honesty before reality. Be honest with him. Don't pretend. You know, God t- gave me this word. And, I, and I, I just want you guys to know this is not. I, I, I feel this burning. But it's not just for you, it's for everybody listening. Some people are really doing a great thing. But you know what? I know, I know there's a lot of you in here that are doing great and, and doing awesome. But even us that are really gunning for it, don't get complacent in the place you're at. Don't. It's the most dangerous thing. When You, you know what? We should be so, so needing it. Being, you know what? The world is so against neediness with a husband or a wife and all that. And yeah, I'm against that too. Because we should be needy for God, not a person. But be needy. Be poor. He said it. His wisdom is opposite of the world. Be needy. Say, God, I don't, I'm, I'm confused. I'm mad. I'm blah, blah. Take it to him. Don't wait to take it to him. You got to leave work and they get mad at you. Who cares? I cannot go another second without my God. I'm not going to go up the hill like Moses, like Moses said. I'm not going up that hill, God, without you. This is simplicity, but it's, this is how the revival that everybody wants, all these things, it's just simply obe- obedience to the Holy Spirit. And we need to, you know what, if we really want Him, it's, holy, it's called holy desperation. Why do you think when we go to the other nations, there's so much of a move of God, and then we come back here, it's like, eh, what's going on here? It's because they are desperate. They are saying, God, I'm not feeling you. I'm not, I don't hear you. I don't, I don't feel like I'm with you. And they get them. Because they're poor in spirit. They're not trying to act. See, we, see, there's a difference. There's different people. There's people that act spiritual and they're very spiritual and they're oh, oh, oh. And you can tell. And it's like, come on, bro. Sit, bro, or sit, sit down. But then there's sometimes where it's like we have half of ourselves or most of ourselves going after them, but it's the little 5% of pretending or a little 5% of acting or a little 5% of not being transparent that stops us. And then that, that starts to grow and eat up our whole zeal. You see, this desperation, this destitution that you put your heart into, when you look at yourself and say, and then look at the Bible and say, that's not adding up. Whoa, what's going on here? And then you genuinely cry out for it. And then that's when you're going to find yourself here. And you're going to start finding yourself here more than Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. You're going to start finding yourself not wanting to do things. And it's going to be like, you know, you know, you're usually hanging out with your friends on, uh, on, a, on a Tuesday or something. And it's like, where's, uh, what's his name? He's not here. Oh, he's, and then you call his wife or whatever, or somebody know. Oh, uh, he's praying in the, in the closet. And then people start thinking you're religious. But you need to know that you're, you need to know your intention here. You need to know that you're, you are not satisfied with the reality that you're experiencing right now. And yes, you have some reality of God. You've had some things happen. You had some glory. 
I've talked to someone on the day. Yeah, yeah, man. I go, I pray for this person, this person, blah, 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 blah. And I said, and, and this is not religious. I, I'll explain why. But I said, how about prayer? And they're like, oh, but I don't need to pray. I just, you know, go pray for people. That's all I do, whatever. And I'm like, I'm just thinking to myself, you're not desperate. It's not about, see, in the 80s and 70s, whatever those times were, when they had the people that were always saying, you need to go in your prayer closet. You know, there was some of them that may have been saying that, and it was just like more of a religious thing, like a works thing. But... When you get in your, it is, it is something to get in prayer. It is something to dig in because you're desperate. Because you realize the Bible is not being fulfilled fully in my life. What I know I'm, where I know I'm supposed to be is not where I am. Holy desperation brings restoration, brings restitution. It brings, it restores you to him. What, and even when you do this, you need to not stop doing this because obviously we were there at one point, right? We were there at that simplicity. We were there at that first works, at that first love at one point, right? But then we came out of it. So that's where the fear of the Lord comes in and says, God, oh, ah. and then you had the fear of the Lord. And it's like, you don't just do things. You hesitate and you wait for the Holy Spirit and you really listen. And then that's when your discernment is up. Then that's when your discernment gets sharpened because you're not just going to have, you're not just going to move on any thought, on any feeling. You're going to have the fear of the Lord and say, the fear of the Lord is not fear of just, it's not fear of going to hell. It's fear of, 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 of being apart from Him. Is he alright? The fear of the Lord is not just fear of going out. The fear of the Lord is fear of being apart from Him. Because when you tasted of His Holy Ghost, when you've tasted of Him, and you know that when you're in that place, you don't want anything else, then you stay in that place where it's like, I don't want to leave from this place. Because I know if I leave from this place, I'm going to fall back into those things I used to do. I'm going to want to do that, this and that. And you, and you keep the fear. And you say, I don't want to even want to say one thing off because I don't, want to, I, don't want to, I don't want to fall away from you. I don't want to miss you, God. I don't want to miss the outpouring that you're doing. I don't want to miss your intimacy that you have for me. You stay in that place. And, and, then, you, and then it's like when the enemy's pulling you, you're like, and then you wait for, you wait for God. And then in that fear of the Lord, you're waiting for God. That's what happens when you have the fear of you, you, it, it creates a waiting on God. And then you're just like, and you wait. And the devil pulls you a little bit, but then you're like, no, I know this is the way. Because now God is, the Holy Spirit's shown up and I waited for him. <clears throat> this, is, this is a holy place. This is childlike faith. See, an adult thinks, has all these ideas, has all these, um, you know, uh, uh, ways of thinking, has all these uh, ways of operation, and they move on that. But what does a child do? They don't know nothing. And they just do what their father or their parent is, is, is having them do. They, 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 don't, they don't move on something they know because they don't know anything. But we need to stay like a child. Childlike faith. That's what childlike faith is. Not a false faith where you're acting like you're really over here, but you're acting like you're a child in the faith. But you're really acting on all your abilities and all your thinking. But genuinely in your heart. It's not about an outward show. It's not about an outward, what you do on, on the outward. It's about what's going on inside of this place right here. When, when, when a lustful thing, when a, when a prideful thing pulls at you, you don't just go let it pull on you. You go to the Lord and it says, the Lord, it says in the midst of temptation, the Lord provides a way out. The Lord though, not your authority, not your strength, not your prayer life, the Lord but what I do, I get in prayer, I, where I, whatever I do, I go to him and I say, Lord, that thing is pulling on me. Pride, help me with this. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Even Jesus went in the garden of whatever, Gethsemane, right? I think. And then he went in there and what did he say? He said, Lord, he, he was honest with God, take this cup from me. But then notice how all of a sudden he changed. But I fulfilled the will of the Father. What do you think happened? He cried out to the Lord genuinely and says, Lord, because it's, it's hurting me. I, 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 this, this is fear, whatever was coming up. And he said, Lord, and he gave his whole heart. And then what, what must have happened? Why did he just change all of a sudden? It, like, it, looked, it seemed like what? He had altered personalities or something. But no, it was the Holy Spirit that rose up and gave him confidence and boldness. When it talks about the, the throne, the seat of mercy, or I mean, I mean of grace... It's talking about the, it's not just talking about grace to where you, you go back to the blood and you get washed again. No, it's talking about grace. You have confidence because of the Lord Jesus Christ that because of his sacrifice, you can go to him and he will, and you will find empowerment in him. 
That's the throne of grace. It's where, it's where you can't do it. You know you're supposed to do it. You know you're not supposed to be doing that. But you go to him where the throne of grace is. Where is he? The throne of grace. You go to him. And the grace comes to get you to conquer that thing. Get you to do what he's saying to do. Do you notice in all this rhetoric here? What's happening? In the midst of, in the sandwich of all this stuff that uh, uh, is being implied that I really feel the Holy Spirit's saying. And I know, and I feel the burning so I, I'm not... Because if I was dry, I wouldn't be talking anymore. But that, that middle part, what's happening when, in all this rhetoric here? You, what are you doing? You're going to Him. You're going to Him. And what's happening? There's intimacy. Then you start seeing your prior life. Then you start seeing things change. Then you start seeing you're not doing this thing because you keep going to Him. You keep going to Him. You're back with your first love. This relationship with God is not a system. It's not a system where if you press this button, if you do this, if you put X, Y, Z, then it'll happen. No, it's a relationship. And sometimes your relationship with God, even though the word of God is, is still simple and true, it's still the same things. Evil, they're still black and white, but there is still you, Chase, have, have a different relationship. You, have a, uh, uh, you, you and God have a, a sort of a different way in, in relationship. You have your relationship. It talks about this in the Bible, that our relationship with God but, uh, is different, but it's still the black and the white. But in our relationship, that's how me and the Holy Spirit are getting this thing done. And in and, and my relationship, I, I can't tell you how to hear God. I can't tell you how to, how to hear God. I can only tell you about the black and the white. I can only tell you about the truth. And you need to have your conscience brought to God and figure out and know when he's speaking. You need to find that. Anisha, Steve, Elaine, you guys need to, you guys need, all you guys, you guys need to find that on your own. You guys need to know God's will on your own. I can't, Shane, Marlene, Elaine, Steve, I, we can't teach you that. We can only teach you what this word of God says. We can only teach you what's not of God and what is of God. And what the heart of God's saying. But outside of that, you need to go seek him on your own. Nobody's going to be with you there seeking him for you. The lead, us leaders here are not seeking God for you. We're only opening the door. You need to walk through it. We're only giving you the water. You need to drink it. We're opening the door. That's it. You cannot depend on us to do it for you. We have a part, and you have a part, and God has a part. And you can only know God's part for your life when you go to Him. But you can't forsake the other two. You can't forsake your brother and sister because they're still confirming things and still teaching you things you may not know. But you still have this conscience here with God. And you need this conscience with God. This conscience with God that you have, you need to not lose focus. Because if you lose focus with your, of your conscience with God... That's when you start veering off into, onto your own thing. And that's when you start pleasing man. That's when you start uh, 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 only doing what everybody else is saying, not what God's saying. You need to just focus on obeying the Holy Spirit. That's it. And you will be restored. I want to go one more, I think one more place, and then I'm, I think I'm done. Um, restitution, the restoring of something lost or stolen. And sometimes you, lo- you lost your intimacy with God. The enemy stole what God has given you, or whatever the case may be. But you, need to, but you get destitute and realize. See, if false prophets would get destitute, because you think, you think false prophets are living a great life, when they go home, they probably can't stand themselves. Yeah, they, they look all great outside in front of everybody, but how, do, how are they when they're alone? They're probably burning with condemnation. But if they just, if a, even if a false prophet would, would go and realize that, and realize what's reality in him, and he realized the condemnation that's burning in him. If he realized the sin that's in his life, he realizes stuff. He can he can repent right there and say, God, my life and how I'm supposed to live, it's not matching up. God, what I'm speaking is not from you. God, I don't even know what I'm speaking is if it's from you or not. All this stuff is in my life. And even a false prophet can repent, but they have to get destitute. They have to get poor. They have to get to that low place. And this is in Kings. I'm just trying to follow the Holy Spirit here, really. You know, many people say they're following with the Holy Spirit, but they're really just following their own rhetoric that they are going by. But you have to, you have to continue in your spirit. You have to continue in your conscience, in your heart, following what you know He's having you do. And even, even when you're unsure, it's not, that's not faith. When you're unsure about something. Now, it's faith when, God's, when, when, when you're moving on the Word of God, but when you're, when you're going by faith, but you're not sure, there is a boldness. When God tells you to do something, there is a boldness that comes. There is a knowing a knowing. Yeah, there may be some fear in here and there because of whatever, but 
There's a knowing when you obey God. There's a knowing when God tells you something. Sometimes we're hearing God, but we're hearing our own self. Sometimes we're hearing God, but we're really hearing another spirit. If you, wanna, if you, if you don't think I'm right, go listen to uh, Shane's message on strange voices. And you know what? I, when I listened to that voice, it shook me to the bones. Because you can really think you're being... You know how many people are saying they're hearing God? But you know what? The word of God really on this, in this land in America is so... It's such a famine. It's so... It's so... It's so... It's so not how everybody's saying it is. All this word that's coming out, most of it, 85% of it probably isn't from God. And they think it is. And they'll say, they'll come up, they'll still, or they'll tell to you, they'll say, I heard a word from the Holy Ghost. I heard this. I heard that. I heard in prayer. Sometimes you, you can be in prayer. That's why you have the fear of the Lord, so you know. Because when you have the fear of the Lord, it keeps you from your flesh speaking. Because when, usually when it's your flesh speaking... There's a fear and there's a, like a strong doubt or, un, or not knowing. You don't know. Faith, what does it say that faith? It says that, I forgot how, exactly how the scripture goes, but it says that the word of God produces faith. The word of God. Not just this word, but the word that you hear from God. And then you know it's from God because then there's faith to follow it. But if there's not faith, I would watch out. But if there's not a knowing, I would watch out because you could be hearing yourself. Many people are prophesying. Many people, many people, many people, many people. I don't, I don't know why, but many, I really feel it strong. Many people, like there's only really few that are really prophesying what God is actually saying. I'm talking, I'm talking about in the whole world. Many, I mean, I go on Facebook and God's saying this, prophecy, 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 prophecy. I'm tired of it because most of it isn't even from God. It's the, and you know what? From my thinking, this is just from my own thinking. I'm not saying this was from God, but you know what? If the prophecy is not, from, if 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 the prophecy does, if the, or the word from God does not shake my bones or does not hit my my heart so hard, it's usually not from God. From my intake, if it just reflects off, I'm, I'm go, if I'm going after God and it's like, okay, it's probably not from God because the word of God has power on it. If God spoke it, it has power. Especially if you're if you're born again and going after Him, it has power on it. You know it. You know it's from God. Because if God didn't give you a knowing about when He speaks, then we can just do whatever we want to say and go to judgment day and say, well, God, we didn't know. But when God speaks to you, He makes sure you know. And He says, and then He'll say to you on judgment day, He'll say, you knew that you wanted to listen to yourself. You knew. What are you talking about? Don't lie to me. I'm God. You knew. There's a knowing. And sometimes our voice is speaking so much. That we think it's God, and that's why we need to have the fear of the Lord. And this is in Kings, and and and, and by the way, in Kings, there's a, a prophet in Kings that God told to go this was told to go a certain way. I don't have the scripture, so I would uh, you can search it up if you want. It's a real story. I think they, there's even a movie on it or something like that, or a short short film. But God told this prophet to go a certain way, and then this other prophet. Not a, not a Buddhist, not a Muslim. Obviously, there wasn't even any of that at that time anyway. He was of the same faith. And he said, I'm a prophet too. And he said, I feel that I, God told me that you're supposed to stay over my house. But God told the other prophet that was going, he said, God told him that you need to keep going. You need to not stay at that guy's house. Or, or you're not even, he didn't even say that. He just said you need to keep going and not stop. Something like that. I wish I could bring it up. I don't have time. But you heard about it? And then what happened? The guy said... Oh, well, God told me an angel, even, I think he even said, an, didn't he say an angel came to him? He said, I think he even said an angel came to him and told him that he's supposed to stay over the house for the night. He stayed over the house, the prophet, the next day he died. So just because people are saying they're hearing from God, you need to make sure in your own spirit and your own, by your own discernment. And sometimes we don't know what God's, sometimes we God's speaking things and we're not hearing it because we're, our, our self is speaking too much. But when we're really seeking God and we really have the fear of the Lord, like strongly, you can lose the fear of the Lord. I've lost the fear of the Lord for, for a season. And I almost, I almost came to a point where I was hearing people speak about the fear of the Lord. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if there is a fear of the Lord. What is this fear of the Lord stuff? I don't know. I don't know. Fear of the Lord, I don't get it. I think it's, and I, started, I almost started almost calling it religious. But it's a real thing. It's a, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it says, there's a, oh snap, there's even a scripture that says the fear of the Lord will keep you from sin in the Old Testament. Obviously, we know the Holy Spirit, but the, Holy, but the fear of the Lord will keep you from sin because the fear of the Lord will keep you clinging to the Holy Ghost. And then, then the Holy Ghost will keep you from sin. So we need to have the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord will keep us from speaking things that are not even from God. It's also the beginning of wisdom. And it's the beginning of wisdom. 
Seriously, tonight, if you if you're uncertain about what I'm saying tonight, you need to go to God, and you need to, or you need to look in the scriptures. And anybody that's listening, because I know there's going to be somebody, maybe that's why I'm feeling this, because I know there's going to be somebody on there saying something. Even if you don't comment, I just feel in the spirit. I don't need to see somebody say something to, to know if somebody's going to say something. I just know, and I'm, I feel led to say this, if you don't know these things, don't just take my word for it. You go to the scriptures, you go to God, and hear the Holy Ghost from yourself. And you know what? Don't lie to yourself. That's all I got to say. Don't lie to yourself. Because many of us, can lie, we can lie to ourselves and say it's God. Well, the Holy Ghost tell me, the Holy Ghost didn't even speak such a thing. You came up with it. Because, it's, because you've imagined it. You know, where, you know where you start speaking to yourself? is when you imagine it a way it's, you, want, you want it to be or it's supposed to be. And then these imaginations, these filthy dreamers, it talks about this in the Bible, these, these dreams, or not dreams, but what I mean by dreams, is not dreams you have tonight, but dreams that, or even the enemy can send dreams, but dreams that you have of like, like you know when you're daydreaming about something, about something you want or whatever? You can dream up a thing or whatever, or envision a thing that's not even from God, or even dream a thing of that's from God, but then you pursue it on your own accord. And then because you think that the vision or whatever was from God, then you start having you start speaking to yourself saying it's God because you saw this vision. This vision right here, this was spoken by God, but we cannot come up with our own voice and how we think this vision is supposed to be fulfilled and how we think it's supposed to go on a daily, day-to-day basis. We have to trust that He gave us the vision and trust Him to the vision. Not coming up with our own way to the vision, but going the way the Holy Spirit. And if and, and this and we know this is from God because it bears witness in my spirit. If it bears witness in your spirit, if you know this is from God, then you know that if we obey the Holy Spirit, then all those things will come to pass. But the problem is when churches have dreams and visions and they come up with their own way. So in Kings here, Elijah in Kings eighteen forty one, eighteen forty one first or second through Kings. first Kings. 1841 through 198, I guess, but I don't think I'm going to be reading that next one. Okay. Then Elijah, then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat or drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed on the mountain of Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. You know, if he saw that, just to stop real quick, if he saw that vision of God showing him that there's rain coming to Ahab, and he, and, he, and, and he goes up to the mountain to pray here, but do you think if he just tried to, you know, if, if, if he didn't go by the Holy Spirit leading him to Mount Carmel, what if he tried to come up with his own way? Would the rain have come? So he, he was obedient all the way through. Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Then seven, and this is verse 44, it's funny. Seven times Elijah told him to go look, and finally the seventh time his servant told him. Finally the, uh, the seventh time. I, then he said, the servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hands rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry, Ahab, hurry to Ahab, tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you do not hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with the clouds. A heavy wind brought ter- terrific rainstorm. And Ahab left quickly on Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. What did, what did Elijah do when he didn't see? Nothing coming. He prayed. Do you think he prayed and said, blah, blah, blah. No, he kept going back to the Lord and said, I don't see it yet. He kept going back. And he, he said, what do you think, do you think when he, you think he just told him, you think he just told the servant seven times to come back and just waited there for the servant? And said, No, he, he told the servant, the servant saw the thing, he came back, this is what the Lord showed me, and then he came back, said, I didn't see nothing, and he just kept going back to prayer and going back to the prayer, now see it, now see it, now see it, now see it. He kept going back until he saw it. This is how we need to be in our destitution, in our, for, 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 for our restoring. We need to keep going back. Because some people, we go wait on the Lord, but nothing happens. And then we get discouraged. If Elijah would have stopped, and he got discouraged. And I know, I know many people say it in this cliche way, or say, these, say this scripture in a cliche way, but it's true. If Elijah stopped, he, probably, he could have got discouraged and, and, stopped, and stopped the Lord from moving on his life, on, on his word. But Elijah kept going back, and he kept going back. When you don't see the... the what it, and you know what also rest, restitution meant? It meant restoring. And men are restoring. So if you want God to restore you to that place 
of, of deep intimacy, of deep burning for him, if you want him to really do it, you need to keep going back until he does. You need to keep waiting. You need to go keep going back in your uh, secret place or whatever you want to call it until he does it. Even if you're just sitting there for hours saying nothing. And, and, the, and, the, and the world calls this foolishness, foolishness, but I tell you it's waiting upon the Lord. And then he comes. You know that you know that song. He always comes. He always comes. Well, he does always come, but he doesn't come when you're when you're in the flesh. He comes when you're waiting on him. And then after the seven times, then Elijah saw the cloud the size of a man's hand. And what did he do? He probably sprung up and was like, "Go, he's like, go tell Ahab." It did kind of have exclamation marks, so maybe it was this for him. Go tell Ahab right now. Then he got excited, but he did it until he saw it. And there's not many people that are willing to lay down their life. And, 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 and wait upon God until he does it. It says that, says that there's, there's people that have the word and then the thorns, it, this is Jesus' parable, the thorns quench, quench, the, quench the word or the, or the cares of this life quench the word. You know that scripture, the parable? And he says when, when a seed is planted, if it's planted on the wayside, then it gets blown away or if it's planted in the thorn bush, the thorns eat it up or whatever. And that's just like in the word. But if we, if, if we are a seed that's planted on good ground, we need to stay there. And not let the winds of this war blow us away. We need to stay there until the ground consumes us and, and the water comes in and, and sprouts us through the sun. We need to wait. Because we, and, and, and there's a temptation when you're waiting. There's a temptation to try to act upon something because, well, my, my, well they, I, I, I got to do something. I got to, because everybody, you know, I want, I, I want to make sure people know I'm still in the spirit. Or I want to make sure people know that I'm still, I still, you know, alive. I'm not dead or, or I'm all right. No, if they ask, if they if they're expecting something for you, you need to you need to you need to not worry about what people are saying, and you need to wait upon the Lord. And you know what? You'll thank the Lord later. And sometimes you wait upon Him; He comes right then and there. Sometimes you wait upon Him; He comes next week. Or he and if you know what, you need to say to yourself: If the Lord doesn't come for years, I will, I will wait for Him until He shows up. You need to wait for Him until He shows up. But you're not going to wait for Him like that. You will not. You, like those people in this identity movement and this grace movement, false grace movement, they're not waiting for the Lord like that. Why? Because they think they have everything. But when you, but when you look at yourself and you realize where you're not at and you realize what you lack and you look at your lack, it drives you and keeps you there. You say, I will not. I, I will die until he, I, will die. I don't care if I die. I will, I, I, if I sit here all my life or if I wait all my life, I don't care. I need him. I need him to show up, and I want this. I want this thing to be real for me. I want it to be real. I'm not gonna fake it anymore. I'm not gonna pray it up, stir it up, try to do whatever anymore. You know, the Bible in Revelation it talks about stirring yourself up multiple times. Stir yourself up in the Holy Ghost. Stir yourself up. You know how you stir yourself up? You see the lack in your life, and and there's an anguish that comes into your heart, and that anguish pushes you to go after God until you see it. How can you be content when, when, when the anointing is not... I mean, we're going to get to a point, I'm telling you, we're going to get to a point where, where we're not even content when the anointing is not even is not in one, in one moment of our life. It's like those moments when you go home and, and the meeting's done and everybody's went home and you're in the kitchen and, it's, and then you start watching TV again. You're going to come to a place, we're going to come to a place in this place, maybe even in this season, where we're sitting at home and, it's, and the service is over and we're still like... I'm not, I don't, I, I, I can't go, I can't go without that. I can't be, be without your pride. I can't be without you. I can't just go in and out like this. I can't just come in and out of the wind like this. I can't go in and out of the oil like this. I need oil. And you buy it. You buy oil with, with you, when you get dry, when you get into a place, go buy oil. You buy oil with your, with your poorness. You buy oil with your nakedness. You know, if we want, you, we want to be close to God, we want to be so intimate with God, we need to, we need to, we need to, the only, the closer, you see, we're justified by faith, and that's for His kingdom and salvation forever and eternal life. But if we want Him here on this earth, the dross needs to go. The things in our life, the, 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 whether it be sin, whether it be struggle, whether it be pride, whether it be lust, whether it be, the tr- honest truth is, the more those things go, the more those things disappear, the more of Him you get, and the more you experience His reality. You cannot overcome these things by your own self. You can only, because it says, put, put the deeds of the flesh, put them to death by the spirit, not by the flesh, by the spirit. How do you, how do I, how do I put to death the things of the spirit when I don't go to the spirit? I put to death the, th- the deeds of the flesh by the spirit. I go to the Holy Spirit. He puts these things to death and I get more of him. 
You, you know, these things that we have in our life, like pride, lust, fear, doubt, blah, 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 blah. The more that we take, we, we use those, you need, to, you need to not get upset about when people are, 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 are pointing these, these, these things out or God's rebuking you. He said, for those that he loves, he chastens those that he loves. Why? Because when they get rid of these things in our heart and our mind, it, it, we get more of him. That's why some, sometimes in here, and I'm not talking, and, and if anybody, don't get offended, if I'm, I'm not talking about recent situations. I'm not talking about recent things that happen. I'm talking about in general. We cannot get upset. I'm just trying to obey the Holy Spirit. We cannot get upset by correction. It says, it says uh, 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 I don't know how it says it. I think it even says something more harsh than this, but it says like a dumb or stupid man. And I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I'm really, I really don't, I love you guys. So I don't want to say anything. But it says a dumb or stupid man scoffs at correction, but a wise man receives it with gladness. I may not have said it. You go look at it. It's in there. But a wise are you if you receive correction. And, and oh yeah, it says, if, and, and, the, and, and a wise man appreciates correction. We need, to, we need to be appreciative of correction. This is what the Bible's saying. So if we're not, if we're right now, when we get corrected and we don't like it, what? No, that's not what the Bible's saying. What do you mean you don't like it? That's not, yeah, I don't like it either. You know what? I'm telling you right now, I'm destitute in that area. But I need to say, you know what, Lord, I don't like it. You, I, and it's in your word, change me and I go after him. Use it though. Use the dross to, to use the dross as wood that goes to a burning uh, uh, fire pit. The, the wood to burn, the, to make the fire burn in the fire pit is the dross, is your dross, is, is your sins, is your struggles, is your things that you lack. You put it in the fire, it burns and you consume for him and he touches you. Use these things. And you see, when you, when you, when you realize that, when I, if I just, if I, if I give these things like pride, all these things, and I fight these struggles that I have, and I fight these things, then you start love, first of all, you start loving coming against evil, and you're not, you're not in a, in a place, because sometimes we fight against evil so much to the point we get weary, but when we know the reward that comes from it, we don't get weary, we don't, because we know that when I give this to the Holy Spirit, when I keep and, and sometimes things you, you put off by the Spirit and then it tries to come back. But then you keep putting these things off instead of, instead of embracing them. You embrace the fire because you know when you embrace the fire, you, you get gold from Him. You buy gold from Him. How did He say buy gold? Through your nakedness, through your wretchedness. And when, and when, we, and we, when we realize these things that we have in our heart and our mind, that these get us more of Him, then we like, then we, we, I'm telling you, this is what we're supposed to be at. We're supposed to be at the point where it's like, where when we say, brother, if you see anything in me, correct me. We're not just saying that out of false humility. We're actually meaning it. And then when it actually comes, we actually say, oh, wow, you're right, man. I, you know, blah, blah. And we don't get that. But see, because sometimes we get that, mat, that anger in our soul. And we're like, oh, I don't like this. But we know it's true. But you're like, and then there's that feeling that you can't control. But it's because the word needs to break you. And then when the word breaks you, then you come to this point where it's like, okay, yeah. So you're right. And then, you, and then you're like, all right, let's pray together. Let's pray together. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I speak as a man, guys. I'm telling you because I struggle with the same thing. But this is not the word of God. And when, and, 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 and all of us, God showed me this morning in prayer. All of us have a point in this Bible when we look at what the scripture says, we get scared. When we look at some of these parts of the Bible and some of these parts of the Bible start speaking to our heart, we get worried because we're like, that's not going on in my life. That's not truth in my life. It's the truth, but it's not the truth for me. But I'm telling you, when you face the hard places in your life, when in, in this word, you have to understand you cannot make this come alive in your heart. The, just as the Holy Spirit brought Jesus Christ uh, uh, had, by his power, arose him from the dead, it's just the same way he's going to do it for you. But you need to trust the Holy Ghost and wait upon the Holy Ghost until he does it. Until he makes you alive. And you keep, you keep, and sometimes you may, just like we were talking about on Sunday, sometimes you may go around and around the mountain. Sometimes it's God's trying to plow something in your heart. But the things that you do see, give it, give it, give it, and, 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 be, and be graceful and appreciate and, and be joyous about giving it. It should be like, when we see something black in our heart or our mind, we should be like, oh, that's there? Oh, God, take this. And it's not, it shouldn't be like, oh, no. It shouldn't be like that. And then, it's, and then you know what happens when you do that? That's why it's a dangerous place. When you start doing that, you start going the other way. And you're like, I can't. It's too hard. It's too hard. It's too hard. It's too hard. But sometimes we need to realize that, yeah, it's too hard. That's why the Holy Spirit's going to do it. Just give it. Just give it over. 
And if it keeps torment, if it comes back, keep giving it over. Maybe God's testing you. You have a struggle with somebody from the past, keep giving it over until the Holy Spirit puts it to death. And if it comes back in the future, give it over again and let Him put it to death. Don't think that just because you got delivered from something one time, that it'll never try to come back. Because I'm telling you, if you're really going to be an on-fire Christian, the devil is putting a target on your back. And if you're, and you, know, you don't think that the devil was trying to trip up Paul all the more in his ministry? And you want to be on fire, for, and you want to be burning for God? You want the nations to tremble when, when you come and the demons to tremble? It's a cost to get there. It's not easy. But by the grace of God, you will get there. You keep going to the Holy Spirit. And you keep saying low and, and, and with the fear of the Lord. And He will raise you up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I only want to start when you start and end when you end, God. I only want to speak when you speak. I only want, I only want to hear what you're saying, God. In those times, Lord, when I'm, I'm not even doing something that's that bad, even if I'm just watching TV, God, or whatever it may be, or just whatever it may be, I thank you, Lord, that I'm not getting complacent about those things. When I, it's like when you feel that thing, when you're even doing something a little, little, it's like instead of just fine saying, well, it's okay, it's not a sin, but instead of, but you know there's that like longing back inside of in the, in the back of you that's saying, no, no, I want, I want you, I want, I want this to consume this too. You give in to that longing. You give in to it. And I, and I thank you, Father, that, Lord, that we wouldn't get complacent about that. That we, you, we would let you consume every area of your life. That we wouldn't say, no, but not that area. No, that's, but it's not even bad. You have a free will to, to whatever. You go watch TV. You go, you go play your sports or whatever. And you know what? I, I, I'm telling you, I'm not, these lot, things are all not consumed in my area of life. But I'm telling you, when you're really consumed by God, you don't even have a want to do anything else. Those things may be nice, but you don't even want to watch that. You don't even want to even do anything. And yeah, you may do a couple things just so you can hang out with friends, but really in your heart, you're just longing. Those things are not even in your heart. You see, it's not about watching TV or not watching TV, or not playing this or not doing this or not going out here and not going. It's about, is it, in your, is it attached to you? Is it something that you're like, you're, you have a drive to get satisfaction off of? Yeah, you may watch it, but if you're, when you're burning for the Lord, it's like, it doesn't do anything for you. That's how you know you're really on fire with God. Even when the little things, they don't do anything for you. Where only your satisfaction comes from the Lord Himself. Thank you, Jesus. Consume every part of our life, Lord, and let us, let us count the cost, God. We say that all the time, but let us really, really count the cost, God. Let us really pay the price, God. We want to really yearn and burn for you, God. But we can't do it without you. And we know what this means, God. We know this means that if we want to burn for you, that and we say yes to you, if we surrender, our, our, that that means that you're going to start pointing things out in your life that you're not, you're not, you don't, you don't like. <clears throat> that it means that conviction may come upon us even more. But I thank you, Lord, that we wouldn't reject it because we're, we know that we're just we're just going deeper into the Lord. Let us not reject you, God. Let us not reject you like the Jews did. Let us not reject you like the world did does. Let us not even reject you how the, some of the church does. But let us really accept you, not just when we're here at church, but in every bit of our life that you, that you want, that you want to burn. Jesus. Uh, somebody can, uh, there's on YouTube right there, there's something, uh, it's, the, it's a song, it's, called, it's by Shane and Shane, if you could just play that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you come, God.